Welcome to Let's Run Fit with Be Lit, the podcast that dwells into the world of running, fitness, and overall well-being. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. We're going to be talking to Coach Matt. She is the brilliant mind behind the Running with Bacon company. She is sharing her incredible journey from hating running to falling head over heels in love with it, along with all of the wonderful things that you can expect to get from a coach like her. Coach Mack is going to talk about the strategies she used to transform her relationship with running and uncover all of the secrets to cultivating a genuine passion for the sport. So let's dive right in. Thank you so much for being here, Coach Mack. We're so excited to have you here. So if you could kind of introduce your coaching business, Running With Bacon. (laughs) Yes, the name is typically a conversation starter, and I get a lot of what is that or why is that? And yeah, so running with bacon, it actually is my business name, which most people are, again, it's, I get question marks and then I get giggles, but yeah, it was something I came up with because I am very big into the fitness industry. I love working out, which I know sounds weird to a lot of people, (laughs) but, uh, I wanted to make sure that when people saw me and my business, that they would know that it's fun because to me, if getting healthy and staying healthy, if it's not fun, Nobody wants to do it. It's kind of like, if you think about it, nobody wants to eat gross food. So hundred oh, percent. No, <laughs> yeah, so make, so make it good, you know? And so I feel the same way about healthy habits and fitness exercise and all the good stuff for our health. So that's pretty much what I center my whole coaching around is the fun parts, because I think that's what keeps people coming back for more. And I assume you also eat bacon. I do. Oh, I love bacon. I know more about bacon than probably anybody should, but yes. And I know tons and tons of different ways to cook it, to eat it, to flavor it, all the things. So I love bacon as well. It's definitely a staple (laughs) in our diets here. I know when I told my husband, I was going to be talking with you. He's like, bacon is in like breakfast food or bacon is in cake. I was like breakfast food, but cake would work too. (laughs) So how did you get started into your running? Because when we talked before, you let me know that you actually used to hate running in the beginning. And now obviously you have grown to love it because you found the fun side in it. So could you just kind of tell us your story of running? Yeah, I, so my background in school and everything is exercise and sports science. I was a division one strength and conditioning coach. Like I love nerding out over exercise, but for whatever reason, I've always hated running, even going way back to you know middle school of sports and conditioning was my least favorite part. I would play and play and play all day. But as soon as they said, go run laps, I was like, oh, no way. So that carried into adulthood that I just enjoyed all the other methods of working out and I did not love running, uh, but that actually changed. So it, it took a long time for it to change though. So for someone who's like, Ooh, what, what trick did you do? It wasn't <laughs> a trick. It was actually the fact that once I was done being a strength and conditioning coach, I, we had moved here to New York state and our neighborhood has, it's about a mile and a quarter loop. And I was like, I don't know. I should be able to just go out and run a loop. I'm a fairly healthy person. Like, let me just go give it a shot. And five minutes in, I was gassed. I was so tired. I couldn't breathe anymore. I had to walk. And I was, it was a mix of frustration and disappointment and like, what the heck? Because I know all of this. I know the science I've coached people to do this, like what the heck? And so it was kind of from there, I had my starting point. And I think it was more so that that event made me determined to figure it out. And by figure it out, I mean, figure out a way to enjoy it and to like it. And so I had my starting point and 
I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to run a little bit further and maybe a little faster. I haven't gotten so good at the fast part yet. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. But, and you know, that was seven, eight years ago now. And it's, you know, gotten to the point, it probably took me three, maybe four years to where I can just walk out the door now and go run a few miles and it, you know, not, not feel, feel it for the next three days. Uh, but yeah, it's something that I found the mental aspect of it that I enjoy more than the other parts suck. Like it's, it's worth it oh, to yeah. me to get the mental benefit of it. And then also, I mean, just a perk, I can eat more when I <laughs> run consistently. So Same. that's also a big notch in, in favor of running. <laughs> I feel like you had the same journey. A lot of us do. We started off playing sports where running was our punishment mm -hmm. and it made us hate running. Like I tell everyone, I was like, if you hate running, it's because you're doing it wrong. And it's more likely you're still in that mindset that I ran because I didn't win the game or I ran because I was talking when the coach was, or I'm running because, you know, I missed the goal or the shot or whatever it is. And it takes so long to get out of that mindset to where you realize this isn't a punishment. This is something fun. It's good for me. It's healthy. And, you know, that's a long journey because it took years of conditioning to get that in our heads. It takes the same pretty much amount of time to get it out of our heads. Cause I had the same problem. I remember we had to run a lap for every single point. Cause I played soccer. Every point we lost by was a lap. And then it was a lap of lunges. And there's something else we had to do as a lap. So essentially we went around the field three or four times doing just horrible things for every oh. single point we lost. Oh man. It was multiple miles being like, well, I guess you shouldn't have lost by that much. I was like, or we could focus on improving the sport of soccer. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, so I, I was just, uh, for me, because running it was a means to an end for something else, like to try to get in better shape for sport, it wasn't, I, the focus was never the running. It was like, okay, what can I get out of this? Like, you know, the, what comes after it? Like, give me the fun part. Like I got to run mm -hmm. and get that over with and then give me the fun part. And now it's worked. It's kind of reverse course where running is the fun part. Like I go out and I run for the enjoyment of it, which, you know, again, 20 years ago, me would have been like, what? It is not enjoyable. Same. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm to the point now. Yeah. Where it definitely is. And it's like you said, come to mean something completely different in my life versus before where, yeah, it was a form of punishment. It was just, it was something I had to do in order to do the fun stuff that I liked. So when you were on your kind of transition where you were kind of learning to love it, what were some of the types of workouts you were doing and things you were doing that was kind of helping you make that transition from hate to love for the sport of running? I think the biggest thing for me was to keep changing it up because when I first start doing something, I need a little bit of variety. I'm at the point now where I can do long, slow distance. I'll throw a podcast in my ears and, you know, I can just go. But when I was starting out, I needed to find something to change it up and keep it fresh and like keep me working towards a goal or towards something. And so I actually just looked at, um, what is it? Timer apps that you can get on your phone. So like I would do circuits, I would do intervals, you know, and by circuits, I mean like different times, you know, like for listening, <laughs> I hope, I hope they get what I mean, like not weight circuits, but yeah. timed circuits. Um, and yeah, intervals, I would do some distance. I would do speed work. So it was just kind of different stuff that kept it fresh for me because if I wasn't seeing some type of 
improvement. So like, for example, if I was going to say, okay, this week I'm all five days, I'm going to go run three miles and I want to get faster every time. Well, we all know that's not realistic. Like we're going to get tired, something Mm -hmm. will happen. And I didn't want to let that get me discouraged. So it's really hard to compare, obviously a three mile run to an interval run, you know, like there's, you can't really be like, Oh, I did better today than I did (laughs) yesterday. So just stuff like that, like the kind of the mind game part of it, I found fun to challenge myself in different ways and to keep getting better in all the different ways of running versus just go see how far I can run without stopping. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they start running, they do that. I'm going to run a mile every single day and get a little (laughs) bit faster every single day and do it till it doesn't hurt. Well, miles hurt always like (laughs) even people in the Olympics who are running the mile in the Olympics, like it sucks for them too. That just sucks for a little bit less time than it does for us. But like, cause if you keep improving, you're always going to be at that same effort level. So it kind of really gets you down. Plus our bodies are not made to go that hard every single day. Mm -hmm. Like when I first got into the sport of running and I tell people like, this is something you should not do. I ran a 5k race pretty much every single weekend for about three or four months, because in my head, if I had the race every Saturday, just a different one, I was getting a medal. I was crossing the finish line. I had an official time. And in my head, get faster every single 5k, make a PR. And this is perfect. And in my unknowledgeable brain that made sense. And it worked for like a month and a half. And then it stopped because I was getting tired and I stopped running during the week. Cause I was just exhausted. And I was getting to those races. I was like, oh, I can't do it anymore. And then the temperature changes. And I realized through like just my experience, I was like, okay, why is this not working? And that's when I really started delving into the knowledge of running. I was like, this is terrible all of a sudden. Like, what is happening? And I figured it out. It's like, there's this thing called easy running and rest days. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I always laugh at people. I was like, you do not want to do what I did because I filled an entire metal rack in one year for my first year of racing. Dang. I mean, good for you. <laughs> Bad plan though. <laughs> I'm like, I tell everyone's like, do not do what I did. Do like maybe a 5k a month, mm-hmm. like, yep. you know, every month do a 5k, see how you're growing. When you're first starting out, you can get away with that a little bit better, more than likely still get your PRs, but I wasn't doing rest days. I didn't start eating more. Like you mentioned before, like it was, it was rough. Like, yeah, I believe that. Bad. Yeah. I think think too, I think we overestimate the, our ability to stick with something and keep the same amount of passion and stuff for it. Cause like, even me, I was talking about this the other day in one of my groups, I was saying, you know, I even go through phases where like right now I'm getting really back into a lifting phase where I probably haven't the last four or five months. I just haven't been that into it. I've done a few lifting workouts, but I'm like not regularly and not consistently enough to really see the improvements that, you know, ideally I would like, but now I don't know if it's the warmer weather or just like my puppy's getting older. So she's not as needy. So, you know, there's like all kinds of stuff that goes into it. Um, but then typically in the fall, I usually get back into running because in summer it's super hot and then fall, it's just, it's like more pleasant to run everything super pretty. Um, and then like for a while there, I was really into rucking and I was rucking three, four times a week and adding on weight and adding distance and, you know, going for time and stuff like that. It's probably been three months since I've gone for a ruck now, you know, and it's like everything is cyclical, but when, when we get tunnel vision, when we're starting something Mm -hmm. out, it's like, okay, I'm going to become a runner and I'm going to be a lifelong runner. And I'm going to just keep racking up miles and my mileage is going to increase every single week. And it's like, 
no, it's, it's probably not going to happen. Like it's, oh, you know, so the bad. best laid plans kind of thing is, yeah, I think we, we just overestimate our ability to stay enthusiastic about something like that, but it's okay. It's allowed to change. It's allowed to ebb and flow and, and go with the seasons. It was rough. That first year of racing my little butt off. I also tried to do the run the year. Oh, and I was like about June when I decided we're going to run walk the year. Like (laughs) It kind of shifted into that. I finished. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And I immediately took two full months off where I barely did anything because it burned me out. And I was like, I did it because I told everyone I was going to. But I'm like, now I'm like, ugh. and I, it took a while to get back into wanting to run again because I took the fun out of it. Yeah. It was something I had to do, not something I wanted to do yep. when you were getting your kind of start. I know you mentioned you would do speed works one day and then you would do kind of an easy run a day and then kind of mixing it up. How did you pick what you were doing each day? Did you have a plan or did you just kind of have a list of types of workouts and just do what you felt that day? Yeah. So I had a vague idea, like a vague plan of just the different types of runs that I wanted to do. And then I would kind of have like what I thought I was going to do that day. And then I work out at the end of my workday. And so if it got to the end of the workday and I was like, all gung ho, I was like, okay, yep, let's do that workout. But then if it was like, nah, I'm not, there's no way I'm doing that one today. I need something else. Then I would kind of have a backup plan. So it wasn't necessarily like, you know, in a spreadsheet laid out like a plan, a day by day plan, but because of my background in exercise science, like I kind of knew vaguely the progressions that I wanted to do and and what I wanted to do on which days and what made sense. So in that regard, I had it a little bit easier knowing, you know, having, having the education in it, but that still doesn't mean that the plan was, you know, like flawless and went off without a hitch. It was, there was lots of days where I was like, yeah, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you show that when you start running, you don't have to have this perfect plan. I feel like so many people get hung up into what they think they should be doing to be a runner that they go download a plan, which normally if it's a free plan, yeah, (laughs) I've talked about the free plan I downloaded when I started, like everything I did that first year is a list of what not to do. I need to do a whole episode of (laughs) this is what I did in my first year of running. And this is what I want you to never do a million days. Yeah. Like the plans that you can get can get very weird because depending on who puts it out there, like they might not have a running certification or exercise science background and know anything. They might just literally be just throwing together what they decided to do. And it worked for them because they got lucky kind of thing. So, you know, I love that you put in there that you don't have to have this perfect plan. You also modified when you needed it. And I think a lot of people when they're starting, especially when they're still at the hate running phase, that's when they're not doing those modifications to make it where they want to do the workout. They're not giving themselves grace when they have a bad day at work and they come home and they don't have energy to do this crazy speed workout that they had been looking forward to. Yeah. Like you've got to give yourself that when you start running. It's yeah. so important. And I like, think, I think too, that's the benefit of having a coach, you know, cause there's, like you said, there's free plans everywhere. There's, you can get a plan for like nine 99 or 19 99. And there's nothing against those. I'm sure they work for people, but majority of people it is, it's the, the intangible stuff that, yeah, it's like, Hey, I'm really, I'm dragging today. And this workout is not going to do me any favors. What should I do instead? Like just having someone as a resource to go to and for that question is a game changer in terms of you sticking to the plan. And I say sticking to it in Mm -hmm. in loose terms, you know, Um, because it's, it's not like one run. If you're talking about, let's say a four month running plan, one run is not going to make or break your plan. 
but it's when things start happening that become the new pattern that's not necessarily on the plan that you then get thrown off and you're like, how did, how did I get here? How did this happen type stuff? So yeah, I'm with you in that. Like, cause I even, I offer, I offer a free workout plan and it's, you know, just like a month long workout plan. And I would say 90% of the people who get it, they don't ever complete the full plan mm -hmm. until they actually start responding to me when I check in. I'm like, how's it going? What's it, you know, like all stuff, it's that aspect of it. So I think especially for people who are starting out running who hate it, having a coach or someone, an accountability buddy, a partner, something is just, man, it's, we, we so underestimate that. So important. I actually have a client because she does have a very stressful job. I kind of give her where I'm like, between these three days, one of the days need to be speed work, give yourself an easy day. And then one of these three days need to be speed work. So she kind of gets to pick what day her speed work is going to fall on based off how her work day went. And sometimes she gets to that third day and she'll like text me and be like, yeah, that didn't happen this week. I was like, well, did you get your easy runs? She's like, yeah, I did easy runs every day. I was like, you're good. I don't care. You're fine. Yep. Cause you know, like you mentioned one workout, isn't going to change your plan any more than one salad is going to make you skinny or mm -hmm. like one hour cleaning is going to like perfect clean your house or whatever. I wish one hour could clean my house. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if only. <laughs> And even then I'd probably still try to figure out a way to hire. I'm like, I'm figuring out how to budget that into my schedule. Cause I just I hate cleaning. I try so hard. <laughs> if I could afford someone to clean my house, you bet I would. <laughs> That's all I like. People are saying, man, if I could just pay somebody to run for me, I still would. <laughs> all the things. Maybe one day I can learn to love clean. Like I learned to love running. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a little thought experiment. <laughs> So I want to kind of go a little bit more into running with bacon and why mm -hmm. you started your business and kind of what your coaching philosophies are. Cause I feel like every single coach is very different in what their goals are and kind of what they're looking, you know, of who to help, because believe it or not, coaches do not, well, normally do not just take every single person who knocks on their door. We do say no to some people, whether because we don't think their goals are realistic and they're unwilling to change, or we just know there's a personality clash. Like mm -hmm. I've actually had someone was like, I know for a fact that my coaching style, is going to make you mad. So we're just going <laughs> to not even start that game. <laughs> yep. No, so how does is. yours go? Yeah. So well, I started my business, uh, it took a few, it took a while to get to the point where I was off on my own, decided to start my own business and through kind of some figuring out what I wanted to do and why it really came down to the fact that I knew that well, let me rewind. I watched my mom sacrifice her health and, and basically her needs and kind of taking care of herself for the benefit of our family. And I just knew growing up, I was like, this, this can't be the only way there has to be a different way. And I obviously growing up, I didn't know that that's what I was thinking, but you know, hindsight's 2020. <laughs> uh, but so I, essentially, once I figured out like, okay, we don't have to devote hours to the gym. You don't have to be stuck eating rabbit food. You know, you, it doesn't have to be like this all or nothing. Like you're either hardcore healthy or you're not, you know, you're eating like Twinkies and Oreos all day. <laughs> There's a very much a middle ground. And if we do most things pretty healthfully, then we can live, you know, we can show up for life the way that we want to with energy and confidence and that there is a way to do that. And so basically I wish that my mom had someone like me when I was growing up. 
And so I, that's kind of what I do now is I coach moms, even though I'm not a mom myself, which is kind of funny because I've had a few of my clients now that tell me that I am like their fitness mom where, (laughs) you know, it's like I, it's like I teach them what to do and kind of give them the knowledge that they need. And then I'm like, okay, go, go fly butterfly, like make it happen, you know? So when one of them, she's like, yeah, you're my fitness mom. I was like, huh, all right, I'll take that. Uh, But so, yeah, it's a very much for women who are tired of hiding behind their kids in family photos and just are tired of sitting on the sidelines while their kids are playing and they just wish they could be out there. So those are the moms that I'm here for to help them see that it it doesn't take hours in the gym. Give me, you know, let me start with five minutes a day. And people are like five minutes. Like, have you ever done, you know, <laughs> these three exercises in a row for five minutes? Cause it's freaking hard. And it's so oh, yeah. it really surprises people how little it takes to just get the ball rolling. Like ideally all of my clients, I would love to work them up to, you know, 30 minutes a day and eating relatively healthy and, you know, that kind of stuff, but not everybody's there yet. And that's okay. It's a, you know, everybody has a different way, a different journey to get there, but all I'm asking is for that small five minute commitment to yourself because you, you, you've earned it. Like as a mom, as a person, as a woman, like you've earned the right to take care of yourself, even if it's just for five minutes a day. And so that's who the the people that I enjoy helping that, like, it's really easy to go to target and spend $250 on your kids, oh, yeah. but you can't spend, you know, if it's like a $90 membership is like, no, I can't do that. You know, it's like, it, it blows my mind. And there's just so many of these things that we've been taught to think about ourselves and our bodies and our relationship with our bodies, it's, I'm pretty much, my goal is to flip it all around and have you be your priority in your life, because that's when you can best take care of your family, your job, your friends, all of that. So those are the kind of who I help and why. And and it's actually surprisingly been more impactful than even I thought it was going to be, which is, is really cool to say. I very much also enjoy working with people who are either at the beginning of their journey or they're really struggling to keep going with it because Mm. of that. Like, I feel like I would much rather help someone who's struggling than someone who was like going to be headed towards the Olympics. Cause while those people are amazing and I do have someone who actually has the potential to get there. Mm -hmm. I feel like I make much more of a difference when I get those messages. Like I was able to go to my kid's soccer game and actually be able to stand the entire time and run up and down the field with them. Or we had like a family pickup football game at Thanksgiving and I didn't have to sit out things like that. Like it's amazing that kind of energy burst. And I love that you mentioned about how a lot of moms hide behind their kids because they aren't comfortable with their bodies. You know, like that's like a huge thing for so many, like I have taken multiple family photos where we take the picture, we look at it and then we have to rearrange the picture based off who was where. And I'm like, that just could not be a fun situation to be in. And there's so many people in that situation. Cause like you said, they're prioritizing everyone else and they forget they can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. And it's, it's hard for moms and dads, both, especially when the kids are very young Mm -hmm. to find the time to do this stuff. Like it's hard, like a hundred percent. I get it. And I don't, I'm like you, I don't have kids myself. Kids are not in the cards for me, but I'm watching my sister with her three kids. So I see the struggle she goes through and I use that to help, you know, all the new moms that I have and 
you know, someone who has kids who are teenagers and still doesn't have time to fit it in because kids, unfortunately, somehow take up more time as they get older because their activities get bigger. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it's like, I'm kind of like that same basis. I really like helping those who need the help more Mm -hmm. because my elite girl, like she could probably coach herself if she wanted to. And I tell her that all the time. Yeah. You know, she has it for the guidance, but that group of moms I have, if they lost me, they probably would stop. Mm -hmm. And it's such a huge, huge impact. And just, I love it. Yeah. Like, well, when I was, when I was coaching, you know, strength and conditioning, it was awesome having, you know, all my athletes, I worked, my teams were primarily female teams and it was so cool watching these women be celebrated for how strong they were and how powerful they were and how confidently they showed up on the court or field or whatever. And I was like, you know, in building my business, I'm like that, that shouldn't be relegated to athletics as much as I love sports, that feeling and that celebration of, of the power of a a woman's body and what it can do and how it provides for her. I mean, like I said, I work with a lot of moms. I'm like, you, you grew a human inside of your body. Like that's a really big deal. I don't know about you, but I've never done that. And I, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much a miracle that you grew another human inside you. And they're like, well, you know, like they just don't see it like that because we're so used to thinking about our bodies in everything that it's not. And instead, why can't we look at it for everything that it is? I mean, because the human body is amazing, not just women, but the human body in general is amazing. But women especially have been taught that their body, like they've been taught essentially to ridicule or nitpick or, you know, evaluate our bodies rather than just be really proud of everything that our body's done for us. And so again, I don't think that feeling and that celebration should be relegated only to sports. And like, why can't that just be in life where you show up strong and powerfully and confident? I'm like, let's just have everybody do that. You know, like, why can't, why not? <laughs> it's so empowering when you learn to love yourself and love what your body can do. Like, it's one of those things I've talked about a million times. It's just, you feel empowered, like you can do anything and that you're Superman. Cause you are like, it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But I, man, I don't know what it is for some reason. It, it's really difficult for people to buy into that, to really feel that in their core. Like I've had, there's one woman that I've worked with and she, it's been a two or three year process. And she's at the point now where she is the most important thing in her life. And she knows that. And I also, she's the same woman I get pictures of with her little girl is on her yoga mat doing, you know, stretches with her. And I'm like, that is the best gift that a mom can give to her daughter or even, Mm -hmm. even her son, you know, to see mommy taking care of herself and being that example. Like if that's not setting your kids up to take really good care of themselves, I don't know what is because hundred percent, yeah, like that, it warms my heart to see that. Cause I'm like, why, you know, we'll, we'll let our kids sit there and watch us stress over this or, you know, like just all this other stuff. That's just so not normal. But then it's like, no, I I can't take time to exercise. I, you know, I need to do this. I'm like, they would love to see you exercise. They would love to exercise with you. Oh yeah. So my niece loves to do yoga with my sister. Yeah. Like she has her own little mat and her yoga poses are hilarious because she does her own thing, but (laughs) she's still there and she just does it. And she's like, look at me, look, I'm doing yoga. And I'm like, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yoga. But yeah, but but, she's two. So, (laughs) but you know, it must feel so good to her to be like, look at me. I'm like, mom doing my yoga pose. Like that's gotta be such a confidence builder. And 
you know, again, for moms to be able to do that for their kids and instill that sense of self-care, we wouldn't, you know, that's like a whole generation of people who never got taught to hate their bodies. Instead, they've been celebrated for what they've been able to do. It's, uh, it's amazing. It is a huge thing. Cause I think our generation definitely ended up on the other side. Cause I don't know what year you were born, but like I was born in the nineties and that was around when everyone was supposed to be like the size of a pencil and you needed like that double zero. So even yeah. though our parents weren't born, then they were still, you know, young adults in that period. And they were hearing these things and they're like, well, I had kids. I'm not a double zero. And, you know, they never like said things directly, but it was enough that it picked up on it. So it's like, I always try because as a teacher to make sure I never make comments about stuff like that. And then it's always like empowering body comments because I might be the only adult in these teenagers' lives that don't make comments like that. And it shows them that you can be strong and awesome. And I've had somebody come up to me like one of those, you know, how there's always a rude kid. He's like, you're really big to be a runner. (laughs) I was like, I can kick your butt. Let's go. (laughs) Like, I literally looked at him. I was like, let me know what your half marathon time is. And we'll, you know, go race. (laughs) And he looks at me, he's like, I'll do a hundred meters. Like, oh, are you scared of 13 miles? Your body can't do it. I'm like you're a big chicken, <laughs> you know, like I play right back to him until they like all the girls in the class were realizing that my point was like, you got to have muscle to do it. So mm-hmm. if you're scared to go further than a hundred miles, why are you talking? Like, yeah. Yep. And that's one thing I always tell my clients is the biggest negativity voices you'll hear are the non-runners in your life. It'll never be someone running or someone going to the gym with you, whether you do CrossFit or yoga or you're a runner, like it's all the people who aren't doing those things, because honestly, they're more than likely, I hate to say it, but they're probably jealous that you're doing it and they're not. Yeah. It it is a weird thing, like for fitness and diet culture, like as much as we see, you know, arguments over keto or paleo or whole 30 or whatever, like, or workout plans of do CrossFit, do I don't even know what, you know, like all these different ones, we're all working toward the same thing. And there's maybe like a 3% difference in the methods of whatever it is that we're doing, but all of us in the health and wellness space, I'll say most all of us in the health and wellness space are cheering each other on and really welcoming and wanting more people to do this where the people who aren't in the health and wellness space or trying to better their lives and their health it is, it's a, it comes from a really judgy place of, of like, it not being the norm. It's like, why can't taking really good care of yourself and feeling your best? Why isn't that the norm? Why are we judging people for wanting to better themselves and live their life more fully? In my opinion, like that's what you get to do when you feel better is you show up more fully. You can be more engaged and more present, but then yeah, you always get those people who aren't there yet. And they're the ones that have the most negative stuff to say about it. It's, it's really bizarre. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. So <laughs> that's one of the mindset things that I always try to teach my clients. It's like, ignore those voices, mm-hmm. keep doing you. Cause I promise if they show up on race day, you're going to kick their butt. <laughs> like It's true. It's a hundred percent true. Yep. What is something that you would really kind of be like as actionable advice or recommendations or something for someone who currently hates running or hates exercise in general, but wants to get started? My number one thing would be to let you know that if you are moving, it counts because we have these huge expectations of what a workout should look like, of what 
a run should look like, how long it should be, or how fast it should be that we have to be in the perfect workout clothes or the newest shoes or whatever. It doesn't have to look any certain way. All you have to do is move. So whether that's going for a walk, whether it's dancing in your kitchen with your kids or playing outside with them or whatever it is, even cleaning. I mean, doing house chores, that <laughs> that's is a lot of work. work. <laughs> yeah. I hate vacuuming because ourselves- of that now. Yeah. Well, we don't give ourselves credit for any of it. And so when you can start to see all the little ways that you can start moving your body more, it adds up really big. And eventually that five minute walk will become a 30 minute walk if you want it to. But most people don't start at the 30 minutes. You don't start at the full blown workout and are able to stay consistent. You start small, do what you can with what you have and you build from there. So if you are moving, it counts. Exactly. A hundred percent. I love it. Like just, I love everything you just said. (laughs) If any of our listeners wanted to find you and find running with bacon, how could they get in contact with you? Yeah. So my website is running with bacon. I'm on Instagram, love all the chats and DMS and comments and all of that on Instagram. I'm also on YouTube, post a lot of fun videos and shorts on there. And then, yeah, my email is Mackenzie at running with bacon.com. So However you want to reach out, I'm open to it. All right. I'm going to make sure all of that is in the show notes. A lot of my listeners are definitely on their runs right now while they're listening (laughs) or they're driving. That is the most common thing I get told. I say that in pretty much every episode is people are like, I love listening to this while I run. It's so inspiring. So I always put everything in the show notes for you guys that will not change so that they can find you coach back and be ready to go. And we appreciate you being here and just talking to us about how to you know, really learn to love a sport, even when it's hard. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. If you are listening to this while you're running, keep going. You're doing a really good job. (laughs) You are like, I tell them all the time. I'm like, I am so proud of each and every one of you. Cause my favorite quote that I think I said at first, I don't know. I might've read it somewhere is even if you are the slowest one on the course, you're still beating 7.8 billion people who didn't even show up to the race. It's true. Like very true. That is my favorite quote. And it, every time I feel bad, I'm like, it's just 7.8 billion people sitting on their butts right now. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I love it. Keep running guys. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much runners for spending time with me and listening to this episode. If you'd like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and leave me a review. I always love to hear from my listeners. And if you want more, let's run fit in your life. Find me on Instagram at let's run fit with be lit. Until next time, runners. The information in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or professional advice. Please always consult a medical professional if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The Let's Run Fit podcast is not liable for risk or issues associated with using or acting upon the information in this podcast.